All right. Hello, everybody. Uh, I'm coming to you from an undisclosed location at the moment. Uh, actually, we had a little technical difficulty on Sunday, uh, so we did not record uh, the Prayer of Love Part 2 on Sunday. So I'm going to sit down and just reteach it now uh, and, and go over the information that we learned. Hopefully, everyone is uh, having a good time today as you're sitting back and relaxing uh, to hear this podcast. Uh, we're going to go over... Uh, lesson one briefly, and then we'll get into lesson two and uh, be sure to catch lesson three, the prayer of love part three uh, on our podcast as well. Reading from Philippians chapter one, starting with verse nine, and this I pray that my love may grow more and more in knowledge and in all discernment, that I may approve the things that are excellent, that I may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Now that's a slightly altered version of the New King James. Uh, I personalized it again uh, to make it a prayer that can apply to, if, if you read it, you can apply it to yourself. Paul actually offered this prayer to the church at Philippi, uh, which he was very fond of. It was one of his early church plants, and uh, uh, this particular prayer, would you would almost pass over it when you're reading the intro to his letter uh, to the Philippians. But uh, if you break this, break this verse down, break this passage down, uh, it can actually be life-changing and revolutionary. Uh, God had me pray this over myself daily uh, for quite some time, and it, it really did break me from the bonds of um, bitterness, uh, resentment, um, prejudice, because uh, uh, believe it or not, we all have prejudices that sometimes we don't even realize we, we have, uh, not, not necessarily always uh, toward ethnicity or social groups, but sometimes toward mindsets and preconceived notions. And uh, so, so the Lord had me pray this literally for months daily during my, my morning prayer time. And uh, uh, it it was a launching pad for monumental growth in my life and, and for the love of God to grow exponentially uh, in my heart. So uh, just reviewing part one really quick, uh, we learned that your love can grow, starting with verse nine. And this I pray, uh, I'm going to pray that my love can abound, it says, or grow your love is grow, uh, can grow. Love is meant to grow. That's what God does. God constantly expands. If you look at all of his creation, uh, the universe itself expands every second. It's, it's expanding because we have a God that is able, uh, to, to exceed, uh, provide everything we need exceedingly and abundantly more than we could even imagine or ask for. Uh, God is an, an exceeding God. He sets a mark and then he breaks that mark. He, he exceeds that mark. So, uh, and, and if God is love, then it would only make sense that love can grow. So whatever capacity you have to love people today, you'll, that capacity tomorrow can grow even more. And there's two rich soils that you can plant love in and watch it grow. And the first, the first soil, uh, according to verse nine, is knowledge that my love can grow in knowledge. All knowledge starts with the knowledge of God, and if you allow your knowledge of God to grow, to pour out over and beyond your theological boundaries, 
your preconceived notions of who God is and what God is, if you'll allow God to, to just be boundless in your life and not put any limits on God, uh, per your prior experience and your prior teaching, uh, uh, you're going to see that your knowledge of him will grow and that your love for him will grow exponentially. Uh, and, and as your knowledge grows about God, uh, your knowledge about yourself will actually begin to grow. Uh, you'll be able to understand what it means to be one with God, that Christ has now reconciled us back to the Father. That was the prayer of Christ, that we may be one just as he and the Father are one, that we may be one with the Father. And and uh, when, when you start realizing that we are created in the image of God, and so we have these incredible godly traits that are innate to us and are activated via the Holy Spirit, once we start growing in the knowledge of who God is and who the, who, the knowledge of who we are, uh, then, then we start respecting and growing in love for each other, uh, because, because I start realizing that you're, you're a creation of God as well, and you're made in the likeness of God. And, and to love you is ultimately to love myself. Uh, the next soil that you can uh, grow in is discernment. Uh, that word discernment is, means understanding. And ultimately it's this, if, if, I may not agree with you and, and I may totally disagree with you on certain matters, but if I can learn to understand you, if I can hear your story, if I can figure out what makes you tick, then I can learn to love you even more. I can learn to allow my love for every situation to grow. I can allow love to be present in every situation. If I strive to have an understanding of the situation, doesn't mean I have to like the situation. But I can, if I can understand why things are the way they are, then I can allow love to grow in that situation. So that's a review of lesson one. Now let's get into lesson two, starting with verse 10. It says that, that I may approve the things that are excellent. Let's talk about approving excellence real quick. The word approve uh, in the Greek is dokaimos. Uh, this, this actually means to test, to try, or to welcome. So if you're going to approve something, that means that you're going to be willing to test it, willing to try it, willing to welcome it. You're going to be open to actually take a look at something. Uh, the, the Greek word for excellent, for excellent is diaphoros. Diaphoros actually means differing, different, or surpassing. So to approve the things that are excellent actually means to test or to try or to welcome things that may be different, things that may be differing from how you viewed them before, things that may surpass the level at which you are in life. It, it may be a different way of thinking. It may be a different angle on a situation. It may be a different type of lifestyle that you don't understand, but you're willing to give it a try. You're willing to test it. You're willing to be open to it. Now, now it doesn't mean that you'll eventually, uh, you'll, you'll eventually embrace it, but you can still approve the things that are excellent by just allowing love to keep you open, uh, and not prejudging or pre, uh, uh predetermining how you're going to feel about something, uh, before you go into the situation. Uh, Galatians chapter six, verse five, four and five says, pay careful attention to your own work. For then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done and you will yourself to anyone else. 
for we are each responsible for our, our own conduct. You ever notice that sometimes when we when we judge something, uh, we're judging it according to our own angle in life. Uh, and and if you are sincere, or I'm sorry, if if you are approving excellence, that means that that you're willing to step outside of yourself and welcome some things that are different. Rather than be consumed with debating and protesting those who are different, we need to look within and allow love to approve, which means test, try, or welcome that which is excellent, different, differing, and surpassing. We don't have to agree, but it puts us in a mode to love and unite rather than divide. It allows us to agree to disagree, yet find the excellent qualities God has placed within every individual. Uh, the next way that our love can grow, according to verse 10, uh, is in our sincerity. It says that I may be sincere. I want my love to, to grow so that I can approve the things that are excellent. And, and I now want to be sincere. Uh, sincerity, uh, the definition is, is the quality of being free from pretense, deceit, or hypocrisy. It, it's really dealing with just being real. We have a lot of facades in our society. Uh, you look at Hollywood, Hollywood isn't real. Uh, the actors in Hollywood really don't look like that in real life. Uh, that's, that's a lot of uh, movie makeup and a lot of uh, wonderful lighting techs that know how to make everyone look good and sometimes some digital effects. Uh, uh, you look on the cover of a magazine. That's really not how the model looks in real life. Uh, there's a lot of facades. We put on a facade. We only put happy pictures on Facebook. You know, you're not going to stick a picture on Facebook of you yelling at your kid or you and your wife having a disagreement. Uh, you're only going to put these happy pictures. Well, it's a, it's a facade. Ultimately, uh, the Greek word for sincere is I'm going to butcher this. So bear with me. Uh, Eile krinis, which means judged by sunlight. So one way that your love can grow is to be judged by sunlight. <laughs> uh, we'll get to that in a second. That also means unalloyed, pure. The Latin word for sincere comes from two words, sine, sire. Uh, the first word sine means without. Sire means wax. So if you're going to be sincere, it means that you're going to be judged by sunlight and you're going to be without wax. Now, what that, what that harkens to is uh, the story is told in Roman times that dishonest potters and sculptors would deceive the purchaser by covering flaws in their products with wax. The wise purchaser would test whether the product was genuine by holding it up to sunlight, the heat of the sun, or maybe putting it next to the fire and seeing if any of the wax melted away. If no wax melted, they knew that the pot the, the pottery that they were buying or the sculpture that they were buying was sincere. It was without wax. It was pure. It had been judged by sunlight. And that's the way that God does us when we're allowing our love to grow. He'll turn up the heat in certain areas of our life and we'll, we'll experience some trials. We'll experience some challenges. And that heat isn't uh, meant to harm us. The heat is actually meant to melt away that which is fake in our life the wax, if you will, be sincere. He wants us to be real. Uh, he wants us to be in a place to where we feel comfortable showing our flaws. And it's okay to have flaws and we all have them. We all have weaknesses. But the wonderful thing about the word of God is it says that where we are weak, he is strong. Sincerity is always tested by fire. 
trials, obstacles, challenges. First Peter uh, chapter one, verse seven says that the trial or the challenge of your faith being much more precious than of, of gold uh, that perishes, though it be tried by fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. So like the melting of wax, fire reveals the true condition of our heart. Lastly, lastly, our love can grow uh, not only in uh, approving that which is excellent or being open and welcoming to that which is different that may be presented in our life. Our love can also grow in sincerity or it can be without wax. It can be real, not fake. But lastly, our, that our love can grow to a place that we can be, as verse 10 says, without offense till the day of Christ. Offense, man, you want to talk about a, a day and age that people get offended. You can't turn on the news or hop on social media without someone screaming because they're offended. It doesn't matter what political view they have, what team they root for, what kind of music they like, man, people cannot take differing views because they get offended. Uh, yet there is a place in God that will rise you above offense. An offense will not be a factor in your life when you let love abound and grow in your life. Uh, and there's a way to do it. Psalm chapter 119, verse 165 says, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Think about that. You can love a law so much that nothing can offend you. You can, you can uh, live above offense. Which law is he talking about? Well, I think... James gives us a clue in his book, James chapter two, verse eight says, if you really keep the royal law found in scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you're doing right. Well, that law is the royal law of love. If you can be in love with the law of love, the law that says that my love can grow and abound in knowledge and discernment, uh, the, the, the law that says that I can, I can approve the things that are excellent, that I can be sincere. That's going to elevate me above offense. Nothing, nothing has to offend me. By embracing the law of love, we can be free from offense. Great peace is promised to us. That's what the, the book of Psalms says. Great peace. That means a lot of peace. Uh, we can have a lot of peace in our life uh, if we learn to operate in love. Uh, because we won't be offended. Now, I know that's easier said than done. Uh, so I want to give you uh, what I'm going to call Dave's simple mindset for offense-free living. Uh, it's a two-step program, and, and I'm going to tell you how to do it. Uh, step one is this. Don't take anything personal. Don't take anything personal. Why? Because Everyone lives according to their own perceptions based on the millions of variables which have brought them to this very point in time. So someone's response to you, someone's dialogue with you, someone's opinion with you or opinion of you uh, really ultimately has nothing to do with you, but it has everything to do with all of those variables that have made them who they are. So if someone likes you, well, don't get too high on yourself because uh, that's really not about you. It's about 
that person and, and what makes them tick. If someone doesn't like you, don't get too upset about it because really it's not about you. It's about that person and what makes them tick. Number two, lose your reputation. Lose your reputation. When I was a young preacher, I've been preaching now for uh, 35 years. I started preaching when I was 12 years old. And as a young preacher, uh, I had some of my mentors who were incredible wise men and women of God. And they would all say, look, guard your reputation. You can work a lifetime to build a reputation in ministry and with the Lord, but it only takes one mistake to destroy that reputation and you may never gain it back. Now, I think their intention was good. They're, they're trying to enforce and, and really drive home the fact that we, we serve a holy God who has saved us and called us to holiness. And we need to live a life worthy of that holiness. We need to live a life that allows us to be a good witness. And we need to uh, uh, walk away from a sinful life. And that's why we have the Holy Spirit to empower us to live a sin-free life. But, but so much was made about reputations. And let me tell you about reputations. Uh, it's hogwash. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Why? Because a reputation is nothing more than someone else's opinion of you. Well, if, if I am interacting with a hundred people a week, that means I have a hundred reputations. That's a lot of reputations to have to worry about. And, uh, no wonder people run around with tired head and stressed out and, and, uh, can't manage life because they're trying to manage so many different opinions about them. And uh, you have to get to a point where that doesn't matter to you anymore. You you need to be at peace with this mindset that, you know what, I'm going to live the best way I know how to live. I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to convict me when, when I get off kilter. I'm, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to serve God to the best of my ability and love people to the best of my ability and, and only worry about an audience of one. And that one is, is, is our Lord Jesus Christ. And if I am pleasing to God, then, then that should be sufficient. Uh, what, what someone else thinks about me, good or bad, ultimately is on them. All I know is, is that I've done the best I can do for the Lord on that day. And, uh, one of my favorite mantras is your opinion of me is none of my business. <laughs> so, uh, and, and, and if you learn to live with those two simple mindsets, uh, I guarantee you, you're going to live an offense free life. So, as you can see, love abounds in incredible ways. Uh, love, first of all, first of all, in review, our love can grow. It can abound because God is love and he grows. Uh, it can, it can abound in our knowledge, our knowledge of God, our knowledge of ourselves, and our knowledge of each other. Our love can grow in understanding. I need to learn to understand you and understand situations so that my love can grow. Uh, our love can allow us to be uh, at a place that we can be uh, uh, open to approve the things that are excellent or, or to uh, try and test and welcome that which is different in our life. Uh, our love can be sincere or without wax. It needs to be real. We need to be people that are real. Christians should be the most real people on the planet. And unfortunately, we've not been so uh, throughout our history. Uh, and finally, our love can help us to transcend and go beyond a state of offense where people can be however they're going to be, but it's just not going to rattle us, not going to offend us. So uh, tune in again. Check us out for uh, the Prayer of Love Part 3. 
just know we want you to be blessed. We want you to be prosperous. And uh, I know uh, that the Lord is going to help all of us to get to a place that our love will expand beyond anything we ever imagined. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for your word that goes out and never returns void. I pray for every heart that hears this message today. May your love and your grace impact us. In Jesus' name, amen.